I really wanted to uh, start off with that song because it's so full of joy and it's talking about happy day, the day that changed everything. And so I wanted to start off with that. That's one of William's favourite songs. He, he actually can say happy day and he'll often ask for it and, uh, and want it over and over and over again. And I really wanted to, to, I know some of you might know it, but I really felt I wanted to start with that because you know what, we're coming into springtime. And we're reminded of the seed, and that, we're going to talk about that today. That's what our, where we're going to in Luke chapter 8. We're going to look at the power of sowing and reaping in your life. The power of the seed of the Word of God and how it can change everything. That one day in your life can change everything. And so we're going to start, and we're going to read a few verses from Luke chapter 8. Let's just read the first few verses together. Now it came to pass afterwards that Jesus went through every city and village, preaching and bringing the glad tidings of the kingdom of God, and the twelve were with him. And, listen to this, certain women who had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities, Mary called Magdalene, out of whom had come seven demons, and Joanna, the wife of Chusa, Herod's steward, and Susanna and many others who provided for Jesus from their substance, or another translation says, from their possessions. I want to just stop there for a moment because sometimes I think we read through that, and I know we've read it the last couple of weeks, and I know that last week Jerry spoke to you about women, and I listened to it, and I'm so thrilled. Isn't it amazing that God gave her Psalm 68 and He gave it to me for Savannah, and we're both speaking the same thing about women rising up in these end times and here we are reading this chapter and so often we read it and we just float over it and I'm going back over it again because I want to draw your attention to the fact that these women were the ones who were financing Jesus. It was their money, it was their substance, it was their possessions that were keeping him going. Imagine the Son of God humbling himself and he hadn't any money of his own but he was humble enough to actually allow women to finance him and to take care of him out of their substance, out of their possessions. And these were key women. We know, I don't want to get, we haven't time to go into it now. I know you've heard about it this last couple of weeks. But I want to point out that Jesus had spoken to these women, if you like, he had sown into their lives. He had sown the gospel, he had brought the good news to these women. And he had sowed seeds into their lives. And they had received him and believed who he was by faith. And he healed them of infirmities. And he healed them of evil spirits. Even Mary had seven, can you imagine, seven tormenting evil spirits. And, and Jesus cast them out of her. No wonder these women were passionate about it. He sowed into their lives. And now they were sowing back into his life. And today we're going to talk at, about sowing and reaping. And we're going to see what does this mean for us today? How can this principle change our lives? What does God want to do in us and through us to change the society around us? And we're going to read on now. We're going to look at the power of the seed of the word of God because these women's lives were changed and they were ready now to sow into, into him. They were ready to put everything they had back into Jesus because of what he had sown into their lives. Let's just read on a few verses and we'll stop every so often. Verse 4. And when a great multitude had gathered 
and they had come to Jesus from every city. He spoke by a parable. A sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and it was trampled down, and the birds of the air devoured it. And some fell on rock, and as soon as it sprang up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it. But others fell on good ground, sprang up, and yielded a crop a hundredfold. And when Jesus had said these things, he cried, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. It's really important this morning, I believe, that we have ears to hear. The seed, as we're going to read on in a moment, Jesus explained that the seed that he was talking about was the word of God. And God's word is like a seed. What does a seed do? When you put it into the ground, it does something. We can't see it under the ground, but it's alive and it's active. And miraculously, there's a miracle inside the seed. Isn't that right? You put your seeds in to get some daffodils. They begin to pop up in our garden already. And you, you know that the daffodils are there because you sowed the seed. And you see, Jesus had sowed the seed of the truth of the word of God, the gospel, into these lives of these women. Not only had he sowed the seed of the gospel, but he had actually, he had actually sowed into them by healing them. And they were ready then to give back and to sow back into what Jesus was doing for the kingdom. They were ready to sow into the kingdom. And that's what happens in our lives. God, by his Holy Spirit, sows a seed into your life. It's the gospel, it's the word of God. And if that seed falls on good ground, then something happens miraculously in you, and you find salvation, and life pops up inside you, spiritual, divine, eternal life, inside you and from that day it's a happy day because from that day you're never going to be the same again are we in agreement yes. it happened to me when i was eight years old and i'm still remembering that particular day because it was a miracle in my life and god does a miracle in salvation and when he shows the seed of the gospel into your heart and you respond and receive the seed when it falls on good ground then the miracle of salvation takes place and so Jesus is describing the, the, the power in, in the seed. I think if you look at the garden and you realise that when you sow a seed into the ground, a tiny little thing, that up pops a flower or a cabbage or a carrot or a tree or whatever it is that you've sown, whatever the seed is, there's inherent power in the seed. Did anybody ever see daffodils coming up through tarmac i have we tarmacked our place and there had been there'd been there'd been seeds of daffodils there before years before and they broke right through the tarmac that's the power that's in the seed in the natural seed and you see the seed of the word of god is supernatural there is a dynamic power inside the seed of the word of god this this word in the bible is not ordinary word. It's supernatural. There's supernatural power in it. And it can, it can break through any circumstance. It can break through the tarmac places of your life. It can break through where you would think nothing can break through. That's the power that's in God's word. I tell you, it's wonderful. And you see, 
when we realise that his power is the seed of the word of God, then we begin to understand verses like 1 Peter 1, 23. Having been born again, not as corruptible or perishable seed, but incorruptible through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. The seed of the word of God is forever. And it's forever true. And it's powerful and it speaks it actually is a beautiful picture at this time of the year as we see the this, this stuff springing up out of the ground. What's it a picture of? The resurrection. It's the power of the resurrections inside the seed of the word of God. And Jesus broke out of death, out of the tomb, and he, he rose again. And that same power is in you and it's in me if you've trusted Jesus as your saviour. But you see, before before you can experience that happy day, before you can experience that miracle of new life, of divine life inside you, it needs the seed needs to fall on good ground. And Jesus spoke about four different kinds of ground. There was the west side. And of course, that speaks of, you know, when you throw, if you throw a bit of seed down on the side of the road where it's hard. It speaks of hardness. And some people, there's a hardness and they're not ready to receive the word. And what happens when the devil, Jesus explained, let's read on, because Jesus actually explained what these different soils meant. Let's read on, verse 9. Then the disciples asked him, saying, what does this parable mean? And Jesus said, to you it has been given to know the miracles, the mysteries of the kingdom of God, and to the rest it has been given in parables, that seeing they may not see, and hearing they may not understand. Now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. Those by the wayside are the ones who hear. Then the devil comes and takes away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. But the ones on the rock, that's the seed that falls on the rock, are those who, when they hear, receive the word with joy. And these have no root, who believe for a while and in time of temptation fall away. Now, said Jesus, the ones that fell among the thorns... There are those who, having heard, go out and are choked with the cares and the riches and the pleasures of life. And so they don't bring forth any fruit to maturity. And verse 15, but the ones, the seed that fell on the good ground, are those who, having heard the word with a noble and good heart, keep it and bear fruit with patience. I want to say to you that it's really important that we receive the word of God on good ground. In our hearts, if we want to get saved. If we want to know Jesus as our saviour. If we want to experience his eternal life. If we want to experience the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Then we are, our, our ground, the ground of our heart needs to be good. It needs to be not hard. It needs to be soft. It needs to be receptive. To what God says. And if you're here this morning and you've never accepted Jesus as your saviour. Then you need to make, have a look at the ground in your heart and see what state it's in. Because it's one of these four different states. It's either hard and not prepared. Too many other things going on. It's either on the rock where there's no moisture. Some people you know, think, oh this is great. Yeah, I'll trust Jesus. But actually it's only in the surface. There's no root never gets actually down and nothing really happens. They might say, oh, I'm, I'll get saved, but, but actually nothing happens because there's no root there. Or maybe the, the truth of the gospel, the seed of the word of God has fallen in your heart, but your heart's been like thorny. It's, Jesus described it like 
thorny ground, which when the word was sown, it was choked with cares, or riches, or pleasures. So it came to nothing. And maybe you have a heart, and you've heard the good news of the gospel before, and you've been thinking, well, maybe, maybe I would think about that, but there's too many other things going on. Maybe you're too burdened down with other cares, or, or maybe there's just too much stuff going on, too much entertainment, and too much stuff you've other, you haven't time to think about receiving the truth of the gospel and receiving the seed of, of life into your heart. But you see, if that's true for you, and you've never received Jesus as your saviour, today could be the day that you could say, you know what, Lord, I want to take these weeds out of my heart. I want to take away the hardness. I want to receive the truth into my heart. Maybe this could be the day you could find Jesus as your saviour. Would not be an amazing, happy day for you if you realised that he loved you so much that he gave himself for you, that he died on the cross to pay the price for your sins. That would be a wonderful day. So I don't know, there could be somebody in here, I know most of you know and love Jesus, but there could be somebody in here and you've never, the good seed of the word of God has never actually taken hold in your heart. And a root hasn't gone down yet. And that's why you don't really enjoy the word of God. That's why you don't maybe even understand things. Because sometimes if we're hardened against God, we don't understand and I think that's what Jesus was talking about here to his disciples. Because he said to them, do you know what? You understand. You're my disciples. You understand. <laughs> but the people that don't understand, Jesus knows the people who are not going to receive his word. And I think sometimes out of kindness and goodness of God, you see, if you understand everything and you refuse it, that, that means that God's going to back off from you. <laughs> and I think Jesus here, and I wrote it into your notes, that he did his ears to hear, that Jesus was telling his disciples that they would hear and understand the mysteries. That was because they were open. That was because their heart, the ground in their hearts was good. But he, he said, I'm, I'm speaking in parables. I'm speaking in a way that other people won't understand because it's almost like he was saying, the people who don't want to understand, I'm concealing the truth from them right now because I, if they understand, they're going to be judged all the harder. And so Jesus was speaking in parables, but the people who were open and really wanted to hear, they were going to understand. And if you're here this morning and you've heard the gospel before, but, but you've just never understood it, I, I want to suggest to you, if you say, Lord, I really want to understand, please open my heart. It's the Holy Spirit who opens your heart. It's the Holy Spirit who, who takes out all that rubbish and makes the soil of your heart ready to receive the truth that you might know and receive Jesus as your saviour. So I'm speaking just for, there might be someone here who don't know Jesus, this could be your day. That's all I'm saying. But you know what? This is not only speaking about seed to get saved. This is speaking about the seed that God wants to speak into all our hearts every day of our lives. The Holy Spirit wants to sow seeds into your heart every day, not just for you to get saved, but for you to hear. What did Jesus say? He that has ears to hear, let him hear. If you look at in the, in the book of Revelation, if you look at the, the last book in the Bible, you'll see that the first few chapters is, is repeating that. He's saying to the church, you that have ears to hear, let him hear. God wants the church, he wants his people, he wants those of us who know him as our saviour, he wants us to hear him every day. There's a beautiful prophetic word in Isaiah that says that Jesus' ear was open every morning 
he opens my ear morning by morning to hear as the learned. Jesus heard from his Father every morning. And God wants our ears to be open so that he can sow fresh seed into your heart. Is the ground, and I'm going to ask you today, is the ground in your heart good? Are you receiving the seed? Or are you just like these other bits of ground? As Christians, the seed of God can still fall on the wayside. We can be so busy, or, and in fact, so hardened sometimes because we have other things we're putting our energy into. I'll tell you what, sometimes this, the seed in our ground as Christians needs to be prepared, needs to get the weeds out of it, needs to be receptive to what God wants to say. God wants his word on a daily basis to fall onto good ground. He doesn't want us to have to be dry. He doesn't want us to be hard. He doesn't want us to be choked up with our things. And I'll tell you, one of the things that chokes us up with this, cares of this world, is the lies of the enemy. I know we're always going on about this, but you know why we go on about it? Because it's the truth. And because so often we're not hearing what God's saying. Because everything God says is good seed that he wants to put into our hearts so that it'll bring forth a harvest in our hearts. But you know what? So often we're so choked up with the cares of this world and the anxieties and the lies that the enemy speaks to us that we are not receiving God's fresh word to us on a day-by-day basis. Would you agree with me? How often are we believing the lies? Even in the prayer room this morning we were acknowledging that so often we hear the lies of the enemy and we get choked up with them. And, and that means we're not actually hearing the truth. We're not hearing what God wants to say to our lives. I really feel this morning that we need to take a fresh look at the seed of the word of God. It's God's word that's planted in your heart and God wants to do something beautiful. So I want to ask you this question. What state is the ground of your heart in? Is it in good shape? Are you, are you full of lies? Is your head going round with lies? Are you anxious about stuff when God says to cast all your care upon him? Are you, are, you, are you full of anxieties? Are you so full and choked up of anxieties that you're not hearing what God's saying to you today? Because what he says to you is seed. It's seed that will actually have a, will reproduce. What he says to you is powerful. And it will, there will be a harvest if you allow that seed to fall in and in faith you receive that seed. And so Jesus is talking about something very, very powerful. He's talking about the seed that, that he will sow, the power of his word into your heart. And here's, here's the thing. It's either his word or the word of the enemy. Which word is falling into your heart? What word are you receiving? Are you receiving lies? Is that falling into your heart? Because I tell you what, if you receive lies and let the lies take root in the, in the soil of your heart, then do you know what? You're going to reproduce lies. You're going to reproduce the fruit of that. If somebody tells you, you're, if you hear the enemy telling you, you're no good and you, you know, you can't, you're, you're sunk now, you can't do anything and anyway you've got so many things that God's angry with, about with you that you know, God's no time for you. If you listen to all those lies and that falls into the soil of your heart, what's going to be reproduced? Well you're going to feel, I can't do anything. And in fact you're not going to do anything because you're going to feel that God's 
you're going you're gonna to back off from God because you're going to feel, well, God's displeased with me. And you're going to back off and you're going to go into yourself and you're, you're going to stop enjoying the Christian life. But So it's really important because you're receiving seed one way or the other and the enemy will, will sow seed that's going to produce a harvest that's going to cause you a lot of pain, a lot of heart and discouragement, depression even. God's word, he wants you to get those, pull those things out by the roots, get the soil of your heart in good shape so that his, he says, will take root and grow in you. And out of that will come a harvest. And so that's what we're talking about today. I want to just look at a few of these headings that I have and then we're, we're just going to flow through this and we're going to trust the Holy Spirit to take us. It says in, on the second page of your notes, Sow righteousness and reap rewards. Proverbs 11, verse 18. I wanted to just read some of this through for you, Proverbs 11. Uh, because some of these, some, there's some stuff in this I think God really wants us to uh, just take a, notion, a, a notice of today. Okay, so what did I say, 11 and 18. The last part of verse 18. He who sows righteousness will have a sure reward. As righteousness leads to life, so he who pursues evil pursues it to his own death. When we do the right thing, no matter how hard it is, you know, all of us know what's right and what's wrong. Like, would you agree with me? Like, we've all got a, a moral compass. And when we do what's right and we know it to be right, you know, sometimes there's been occasions in the past where either Jane or I haven't been going to the shop. I'm just being real practical. And maybe somebody's given you far too much change. And you go back out and you look at it. And you've got a choice to go back in and give that back. Or to think, oh, well, she made a mistake. You know, simple things like that. It's so God-honouring to do the right thing, isn't it? To go back in and be a witness and say, you know what, you give me too much. There's a lovely... Um, a lovely psalm that says that sometimes we, sh we have to do right even if it hurts us. And sometimes there are things that we need to speak the truth on, even though it's maybe going to cost us something. But you see, if we care about God's righteousness, there's a great reward in that. God loves, he loves us to honour him in little ways. If we're faithful in little things, he can trust us with bigger things. If we're kind to somebody, when it would be, maybe you're in a bad temper or a bad form about something, and it would be just easy to brush past somebody. But because you know it's the right thing to do, you show kindness. You show good manners. You put somebody in front of yourself. That's honouring God. That's being righteous. Sometimes we think it's the big things. God's looking for the little things. If we're not faithful in the little things, he's not going to entrust us with the big things. And God wants us to do what's right. He wants us to sow righteousness into our lives and we will reap a reward and I love the fact that God is actually going to reward us for those things. Galatians 6 and 9 says let us not grow weary in well-doing for we shall reap in due time if we faint not. Now that means that it must be tough at times, tough enough to faint. Sometimes you need patience to do the right thing, to be kind, to do a good deed for someone. Let us not grow weary in preaching, no, in well-doing. It's those kind things, it's those thoughtful things. Not always thinking about number one first, but putting other people before yourselves. That pleases God, that's the right thing to do. 
and God loves to see us doing that. And then I've written in your notes here that righteousness keeps company with peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Romans 14, righteousness, peace and joy. When we do the right things, you know the peace and the joy following behind. When we do what we know God wants us to do, you know he rewards us, I believe, with that righteousness and joy. And so I want to ask you today, are you sowing to your flesh or to your spirit? In other words, whenever your, your own flesh, that old nature that you, that you always will have, you had it before you were saved and you still have it, and you'll have it until you get to heaven, that old nature that would just lash out or take the easy route, look after number one, that old nature, are you sowing to that? Are you being so kind to yourself that you're forgetting about everybody else? Or are you sowing to the Spirit? Galatians 6, verses 7 to 9. Let's just look at that for a moment. Galatians 6, and verse 7 to 9 says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man or a woman sows, that he will also reap. And he who sows to the flesh will of the flesh reap corruption, but he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. Did you get that? Whatever a man or a woman sows, that's what he will reap. And so it's really important, I think, today for us to ask ourselves and take a fresh look at ourselves and see, well, are we sowing out of our own nature? Are we doing just, you know, whatever the old nature wants to do? Or are we, are we sowing in the Spirit? Are we... Are we putting our energy, our money, our time, our resources to sow into spiritual things. Let me give you an example. Years and years ago, as many of you know, I, whenever I was married, we, we lived over in Austria and then for, we moved into Romania, but for quite a few years we had been in and out around Hungary. So there's a lot of memories are in and around the city of Budapest. Anybody been to Budapest? It's a fabulous city if you want a weekend break, just a wee plug there. But uh, after I came home, um, after the separation and divorce, uh, whenever I was at home and you know we'd been separated for a few years and in fact we were then divorced, I remember feeling that I would love to go back to Budapest because I had a lot of memories there. So uh, I contacted someone who had a friend in Budapest, a girl I didn't know at all, and we went over, and I went over, I brought William over to see his dad, dropped him off, his father took him down to Romania, and I spent the weekend with this young woman and her husband, beautiful young couple, um, and they were Christians, and actually her father had been a pastor in Romania for many years, and her grandfather had, and great-grandfather, they'd all been pastors, and they'd actually had been her grandfather and her great-grandfather would have stood in the streets of Budapest and preached in the time of the communists when they were there, when it was against the law. That was the kind of family they were. So I went back and forwards a few times, got to know this, this couple very well. But one, one night, one Saturday night, uh, we were invited round to her, her parents' house for a meal and her, her father, who was a pastor, he said to me, you know, you're divorced. He says, um, there's a woman in our church and he says, I don't know what to do with her. Because he says, she's just, her husband's just left her. And she just cries all the time. And I don't know what to do with her. Could you talk to her? I said, well, I could try. She doesn't speak very much English. <laughs> so the next morning, I'm attempting to talk to this woman. But all, all that she could do was she was just roaring and crying on the steps outside the, the little church. And, and to tell you the truth, I just stood and roared and cried with her because I couldn't really speak much, but the two of us just stood and cried. And I tried to explain to her that God would take her through. 
Now, long story short, I kept in touch with that lady. And at that particular time, I was very friendly, still am very friendly, with Ida Harshaw and Burr Little. Put your hand up if you know either of those ladies. Well, I was very close with them. And at that particular time, they were very involved with an organisation called Divorce Care. And Divorce Care was really to minister to people who were going through separation or divorce. And we had this real desire if we could get the divorce care material over to Hungary, that it would help this woman and maybe help many others in Hungary as well. And way back then, I remember Ida Harshaw and Burr Little saying to me, we want to sow a seed. And they paid to get all the, at that stage there were videos, if I remember right, of the whole set of the divorce care and the next time I was going over, I brought the whole set with me. Do you know that that woman, for the next number of years, that she stood at the front of the group, got a group of people into her house, and she had written out transcript, written out every word on those, I think there was something like, probably maybe 16 CDs, I can't remember, something like that. Can you imagine each CD about 50 minutes? And she had transcribed every single word. And she stood up at the front and she read out whilst the picture was showing the thing. She read out to everybody. And eventually, over a number of years, they actually got enough money gathered up to get them done professionally in Hungarian language. And now, that divorce care is the biggest tool, the pastor tells me, that he has to reach unsaved people in Hungary. And not only in his church, but this, another guy came along, at who, another story, another big long story of this man whose heart was broken. His health went, his marriage went, he thought nothing was left. He met a woman who loved God, and you know, he had, he had multiple cirrhosis, and he's still going strong, and they had brought it round every, he had been in a Christian organization before, thought his time was up, thought, thought he was done for. Ended up, he got involved in divorce care. It's over the whole country. I have no idea how many people have come to faith through that seed. That seed that Burr Little and Ida Harshaw sowed for the kingdom. Do you see what I mean? If you're faithful in the little things, if God prompts you to give, you know what? It can be a seed for the gospel. And that's exactly what happened then. And I tell you what, that sowing to the Spirit, that sowing believing that the Holy Spirit can take what you've given and can actually supernaturally bring many into the kingdom. I mean, who would have thought that would have happened? Who would have thought God would have taken that seed and used it to bring so many into the kingdom? When I was preparing this, I couldn't help but think of old Noah. Do you remember after the flood? And after all that he had come through, remember he had been faithful to God and he was taken through the flood. He was, he was saved. And at the, after it was all over, do you remember what God said to him? He said, seed time and harvest. He said, as long as the earth was here, there would be a seed time and harvest. What does that mean? Seed. Time. Harvest. You know what? You know what the trouble of most of us is? We want seed time harvest all in one go. Isn't that right? If it doesn't happen yesterday, it's not, it's not worth investing in anymore. Seed first, then you've got to wait. The farmer has to wait. God 
knows there's a waiting time. Why do we get so discouraged when it doesn't happen right away? You don't get discouraged when you put your daffodil seeds in and they don't come up the next day. You know, and you have the wit to know that you've got to wait to the springtime. Well, the same thing with what you sow in the kingdom. Are you sowing prayers into the kingdom right now? Are you sowing prayers for someone to be saved? I am. I'm desperately sowing prayers for somebody that I'm praying will come to know God before it's too late. Are you sowing prayers? Well, you're going to have to wait time. It might happen right away, but you probably will have to wait some time before you get the harvest. Seed, time, and harvest. And then, of course, you know that sowing tears, you will reap joy. Psalm 126. Those who sow in tears shall reap with shouts of joy. He who goes out bearing precious seed for sowing, listen to this, shall maybe come home, shall doubtless come home with shouts of joy, bringing his sheaves with him. I tell you something. Being a witness for Jesus, that's what it means to sow seeds. It means being a witness, sowing, sowing seeds of words that the Holy Spirit gives you. When you speak words of life into a person's heart, you are sowing seeds. And that could be to bring them to Christ, or it could be in a situation where they just need comfort, or where you're ministering to another brother or sister in the Lord. You know, that prayer meeting in there this morning, we prayed for every single woman in that place this morning. Do you know what we were doing? We were sowing seeds of life. We were speaking words that God was prompting us to speak into the lives of every woman that was in that place. And do you know what? I am just... I'm just crazy enough to believe that what we spoke over those women actually has taken root and is going to actually bring up a harvest and going to encourage them and bring forth stuff that God wants to do in their lives. That's what it means for us to encourage each other. That's what it means for us to speak into each other's lives. That's why it's so important that when God gives you, prompts you with a word that you go and give. If somebody gives you a word for somebody, go and give it. If, if somebody, if God puts a word in your heart or a verse or a thought for someone else that you know would encourage them. Then God expects you to take that and put it in like seed, plant it into the ground like seed. I'm looking at Lorna here, and I know Lorna spoke to somebody at a meeting that I was at a, a month or two back, and it was a word that she gave at the front, just went up and, and whispered to a woman. And that woman contacted me a couple of times. Why? Because that word was the very word she needed to hear at that particular moment. It was a seed that was planted into her heart and it has taken root and it's actually brought about change, hasn't it? If we, if we could realise the power that's in the seed that's in your mouth. God's given you seed. He starts it in your heart and he works it up and he makes it in your thinking and then you begin to think, what do you do with it? When it gets this length, what do you do with it? Do you just throw it away? Or do you actually go and plant it where God wants you to put it? Because listen, every single one of us are carrying seeds. And sometimes it's almost like we're sowing in tears because sometimes there's somebody I'm praying for at the minute and I've sowed seed for a lifetime. And I'm telling you, I, 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 I weep over this particular person and I know there's people that you weep over. Sowing seed can be a, a tearful business. But the word of God says that if we go forth with that seed, even with tears, I'll tell you what it says here, we will reap with shouts of joy and I'm believing. The Lord hears me right now and he knows who I'm talking about. I'm believing that I will shout with, with shouts of joy. 
because I'll tell you what the seed the seed is so powerful and you know what being a witness and sowing seed is something we do in agreement with God that means he's with us when we do it. Being a wit- he doesn't leave us alone to be a witness. He doesn't say, go and take that bag of seed and away off you go there and you're on your own. No, the Holy Spirit, if we're, if we're faithful to do what God calls us to do and to speak the words he gives us to speak, you know what? The Holy Spirit is with us. God's presence is with us. And what does it tell us? In his presence is fullness of joy. Psalm 16, verse 11. So here's the question. Are you sowing generously or sparingly? Is it just a wee itchy bit now and again whenever it's really forced out of you? (laughs) And I'm talking about speaking. I'm talking about speaking the word. But I'm also talking about giving. Giving your time. Giving your energy for someone. Having love to speak into someone's life or to even give financially. These women that were with Jesus, do you know what? They were giving him their time. They were giving him their energy and they were giving him all that they had. They were surrendering everything. They were actually taken out of their own resources, their own financial resources, and they were supplying his needs. Why? Because he had sown into them. When, when God's word, when you receive salvation, when you receive the seed, the truth of the gospel, and, and, and you realise that 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 the Holy Spirit's in you and that you'll never be the same again, that, you, that the happy day has happened, that seed starts to spring up within you, to grow in you, and out of that you begin to sow into others' lives. And Jesus said that as much as you do it unto one, you do it unto me. Everything you do for other people, you're actually, God sees it that you're doing it for him. So here's the question, are you, are you sowing generously or sparingly? I wanted to read a few verses from uh, 2 Corinthians 9, and I wanted to read them from the Amplified Version, because I think it really um, speaks it very, very well. Just let's have a, a look at some of these. It says, remember this, verse 6 of 2 Corinthians 9, Amplified. Remember this, he who sows sparingly and grudgingly, will also reap sparingly and grudgingly. And he who sows generously that blessings may come to someone, they will also reap generously and with blessings. Let each one give as he has made up his own mind and purposed in his heart, not reluctantly or sorrowfully, but or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. It says in the Amplified, he takes pleasure in He prizes above other things and is unwilling to abandon or do without a cheerful, joyous prompt to do it. And God is able to make all grace, listen to this, all grace, every favour and earthly blessing come to you in abundance so that you may always and under all circumstances and whatever the need be, self-sufficient, possessing enough to require no aid or support, and furnished in abundance for every good work. As it is written, he, the person who scatters abroad, he gives to the poor, his deeds of justice and goodness and kindness and benevolence will go and endure forever. And God, who provides seed for the sower and bread for eating, will also provide and multiply your resources 
for sowing and increase the fruits of your righteousness, which manifests itself in active goodness, kindness, and charity. Thus, listen, you might be enriched. No, thus you will be enriched in all things and in every way so that you can be generous and your generosity as it is administered will bring forth thanksgiving to God. God loves a generous heart. There's something about sowing generously. There's something about giving to God out of a generous heart. There's something about, 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 uh, about, about giving without holding back. There's a, a few amazing verses in Proverbs chapter 11 that says, There is one who scatters, yet increases more. Did you ever see anybody, and it seems almost like they're scattering out kindness and goodness. It's like they're scattering out even, even financially, even not in, a, not, in a, not in a foolish way, but in a way of giving out to others. Scattering. Speaking words of kindness. Doing good acts. Scattering. And it says, there's one who scatters. When you throw away, you think you've nothing left, don't you? Our head, the enemy would tell us, well, if you give everything away, you have nothing left for yourself. But it says here in the word of God that there is one who scatters, yet he increases more. That's what these verses are telling us in 2 Corinthians 9. It's like when you give away and do it for God, then that's what he comes back. Because Malachi tells us that if we, if we give him what's, what, we, what he deserves, he'll pour the windows of, open the windows of heaven and pour us out a blessing. He wants to give you more, and he can't do that if you hold back. Holding back means that you limit your resources. Giving out for him means that he will you'll actually increase more. And it says, and there's a person who withholds more than is right, but that just leads to poverty. In other words, when you hold in all for me, all for me, that leads to poverty. That's what it says in, Robert, in Proverbs 11. It leads to poverty. And then it goes on to say, and he who waters will also be watered himself. What does that mean? If you're watering others and encouraging others and blessing others, then it's going to come back to you. We don't believe in karma, but we believe in what God says, that if we do it for him, he's going to do it back for us. Because the more we sow, the more he pours in for us to sow. It's a continuous, beautiful thing, and God wants us to get excited about that. I love the story, and we haven't time to go into it properly, but there's a, a beautiful story about Isaac in the book of Genesis. And uh, after his father died, after Abraham died, there was a famine in the land. And it tells us in Genesis 26, that there was a famine in the land. Now, nobody sows in time of famine. You eat whatever you have, you don't sow it, because if it's a famine, you need to satisfy your, your hunger right away. But it says that Isaac sowed. Even though there was a famine, he sowed. And you know what it says? It says that God gave him a hundredfold. Everybody could look at Isaac and see that God's favor was on him, because he was getting such a huge harvest. And here's the thing. If you're going through a time of famine in your life, in other words, if all the, the, the prayers that you've prayed, if they're not yet answered, if maybe you're a bit tight financially, maybe you're feeling that you know, you're down yourself so you don't have the resources to encourage anybody else, you're feeling a bit down, well, that can be a bit like going through a time of famine. Now, here's a secret. If you feel you're in some kind of famine at the moment, that's the very time for you to start giving out. That's the very time for you to sow. That's the very time for you to speak an encouraging word to somebody else or give somebody maybe 
a few quid whenever you're a bit tight yourself. That is the very time that you can prove God in this. That's the very time that you can be like Isaac and you'll see a hundredfold, because I'll tell you what, God's no man's debtor. And when you put him first, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all these things will be added unto you. Listen, God wants to see us growing. He wants to see us, he, as he sows into us, he wants to put that seed out so that he can sow more into us and we can put more out and he can put more into us so we can put more out. Do you get it? What's the opposite? Hoard it up, keep it in. That means nothing can get in because you're already stuffed up. There's a big, you're stuffed up with holding on instead of giving out. You need to get the path, you need to get the unblocked. Start throwing it out there. And what does it say? He that waters others, he that helps others, he that speaks encouragement to others. He that waters others, what happens? He himself will be watered. God will take care of you. God will make sure you'll be rewarded. And then, as we go on here, and we're coming nearly up to the end. As we read on here in uh, Luke chapter 8, it says, verse 16, No one, when he has lit a lamp, covers it with a vessel or puts it under a bed, but he sets it on a lampstand that those who enter may see the light. I, I just wanted to stop there because you know what I felt God said to me? It seems a bit odd that we verse stuck in there in the middle of all the sowing, doesn't it? But you know what I felt God said to me? That whenever he sows into us, He's sowing light. That's what he sows into you. God is light. God is love. God is, he is life. He's light. Light, life, and love. And he sows all of that into you. And so when he, when he sows in the truth, the light of the word of God, he expects you to shine. And when we start to sow into other people's lives, we begin to shine. We begin to shine in a dark world. Because God has implanted the seed of the word of God, which has brought light to your soul. You have light inside you. And you know what? If you keep that to yourself, if you don't, if you don't sow into somebody else's life, if you don't shine your light into somebody else's life, you're going to be unproductive. And Jesus is saying here, in the middle of all this sowing, he's saying no one, when he has lit a lamp, covers it with a vessel or puts it under a bed, but he sets it on a lampstand that those who enter in may see the light. I would love that as we go out of here today, that we would see ourselves as lampstands and that we would realise that we carry light and we carry seed and that we would shine and the more, more seed that we sow, the brighter we shine. That's what God wants to do with our lives. What did Jesus say? He said, he that has ears to hear, let him hear. What does it mean about hearing? It means we hear his word, we hear his voice, we receive it in good ground, we allow it to take root and we give it out. That's what, that's what receiving and sowing is all about. And then Jesus goes on to say here, for nothing is secret that will not be revealed, nor anything hidden that will not be known and come to light. Therefore take heed how you hear, for whoever has to him, more will be given. And whoever does not have, even what he seems to have, will be taken from him. Here's the thing. The Bible says that by our fruits, we will be known. And if, if the good seed has fallen on good ground, 
If you've really received Jesus as your saviour and the, the seed of the word of God has fallen in and taken root in your heart, do you know what will happen? Seed will have to come forth. There'd have to be a there'd have to be a reproduction of the seed, the living seed of the word of God in you. And it will have to be reproduced out of love, loving kindness, good deeds, speaking the word, all of the stuff we're talking about. If you really belong to Christ, there will be fruit. That's what I'm trying to say to you. If you really belong to, to Christ, that seed, you'll be born again, not of corruptible seed, but by the living seed of the word of God. You'll, you'll get new life. Your sins will be forgiven when you receive that seed, when you believe what God says. But you know what? You'll be forgiven. You'll be saved. But you'll be reproductive. If you've really got it, then the seed in you has to bear fruit. And you will be reproductive. And you will go, but the, here's the thing. The more, the more seed that you produce, the more that you bless God by being a fruitful Christian and sowing out into other people's lives, you know what? He'll give you more. That's the thing. He'll give you more. But you know what? The less you do it, well, it's, it's just like you take away even what you seem to have. You know, I believe that if you're really saved, that there will be some sign, there'll be some fruit. There has to be. Because the seed's in you. And, and if there's no seed, if there's no fruit coming out of you, then you have to question, was the seed ever there? Did it, did it fall on some of these other grounds? I'm being real honest. Make sure that you've really received Jesus as your saviour. Make sure you're really saved. And you know what? Start to allow that seed of the word of God to rise up and begin to sow it out to other people and know the joy of walking the Christian life. Because the more you give away, the more you get. The more you give away, the more you're entrusted with. And God wants to entrust you with much seed. And he wants you to be seed bearers. And he wants you to go out and tell the world about Jesus. Because the world needs to hear about Jesus. And finally, he's talking just in the last few verses. He says in verse 19, Then Jesus' mother and brothers came to him and could not approach him because of the crowd. And it was told Jesus by some who said, Your mother and your brothers are standing outside desiring to see you. But Jesus answered and said to them, My mother and my brothers are these who hear the word of God and do it. Do you see what he was saying? Of course Jesus loved his mother. Of course he loved his family. Of course he was a wonderful son. But you know what? God doesn't have special favourites who get all the privileges. God treats all of us as special sons and daughters. You're all special. He is not like a man or a woman who would prefer one child to another. He loves us all. We've all got the equal amount of privilege. We are a privileged people. We have his Holy Spirit in us. And God wants us to know the joy of living for him. Something to think about. Jesus wants you to receive and then to sow spiritual seed into lives of those around you so as to eventually reap a harvest for the kingdom. I'm just back, as, as a lot of you know, from Savannah. And when I was over there, we met with a, a number of women for a weekend retreat. And, you know, <clears throat> we had a great time. We met in this, you, do you remember that song, Moon River? Yeah. Well, it's actually the, the, the river flows up beside us that inspired that particular song. And it's a beautiful, idyllic place out in the country. And, you know, the women come and they're really, really just open and we were talking about our title was deeper still and we were looking at how God wants to go deeper still 
You know, God wants to put the seed of his word deep into your heart today. He wants your heart to be good ground so that what he's saying to you is today is going to bear fruit. God's speaking, I believe he's speaking to every woman in this place right now. And over that weekend with those women in Savannah, I talked a little bit about the woman at the well. And we talked about how, you know, she had such need and she didn't seem to have any friends and she was a, kind of a loner and had a lot of hurt in her life and a lot of pain. And Like somebody has had five, had five marriages and then with somebody else, like there's not, you need to say anymore. They've either had death, they've either lost husbands that they were loved dearly or they've had bad experiences. They've either lost them through death or through divorce. Either is terribly painful. Somebody, a woman who's had five husbands and is now living with somebody who may or not may or may not be a good one, she's had pain in her life. She's a lonely woman. And we looked at how she made this journey to, Jesus actually made the journey to her. And we looked at the very end, how after she got a look into his eyes and he revealed to himself who he was, he looked her in the eye and he said, I'm the one, I am, I am he, the Messiah. He hadn't told a lot of men that. He hadn't told a lot of the religious leaders. He, was, he actually hid it from them. But he goes to a woman that many would have looked at as being an <coughs> immoral woman who was actually hadn't even a friend to go to the well with because she was so badly thought of. Jesus goes out of his way, goes a different route altogether, up through the middle of the country, through, this, through territory where no decent Jew would go because they hated the Samaritans. And he makes this, this effort to get himself to the well and he's waiting for this woman to arrive. And she's coming along and she's hurting and she's lonely. There's nobody even to go to the well with. She's living with this guy, she's had five others, and the whole of society think nothing of her. And Jesus looks into her eyes, and at that moment, at that moment, she looked into the eyes of God. And what did she see? I believe at that, woman, at that moment, that woman saw love, unadulterated love. I believe for the first time in her life, that she felt the love of God going right through her, right through every part of her. I believe she felt clean and, and loved and accepted and beautiful. I believe in that moment she got a look into the eyes of God and she was never going to be the same again. And you know what? What did she do? The first thing, she, 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 she dropped the water pots. Dropped them. And off she went. Where? To go and tell everybody around the village. To go and sow seed. And if you read on the rest of John 4, you'll see that Jesus starts to talk to his disciples whenever they arrive about the harvest. You see, God's interested in the harvest. And he wants people like you and me, who will not only sow seed, but will be sow and reap. You reap what you sow. Girls, what are you sowing in the name of goodness? What? What am I sowing? Are we sowing seed on good ground? Are we out there saying, Holy Spirit, show me where to sow seed today? What kind of act could I do today? Who could, whose life could I speak into? Holy Spirit, give me a word for somebody. Tell me, prompt me that I can do something that will bless somebody today. I'll tell you, there's no life like that. That woman's life was never going to be the same. She had her happy day that moment that she looked into the eyes of Jesus. 
and saw his love and received his love and realised he had come. He had come just for her. He's come just for you. And he wants you to realise that he loves you. Don't listen to those lies that tell you that you're, how could you go and talk to somebody? Sure, you, you're no good. You're not clean. Listen, the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. We are spotless. I believe that woman, I believe that she was so so hit by the love of Jesus that day that her life was never the same. And for seven years, I think it was seven years later before the, the evangelist Philip came up, up from Jerusalem and had a, we used to say whenever we were chilling a wee series of meetings, did you ever hear that? <laughs> Philip came and he started preaching and evangelizing around Samaria. And it says there was much joy in the city because it was a complete revival and so many people came to know God. Why? I think it was because that wee woman got a glimpse of the love of God and went out and started sowing seed everywhere. And so many came to faith whenever the ground was ready. She was getting the ground ready for Philip. And Philip, when Philip came, the ground was, people's hearts were ready and they just received the word by faith. Why? Because that woman was faithful. And you know what? I have this wee notion that she could have been over on the side of the prayer ministry team. Then I'm ready. I'll pray with anybody that wants to get for the prayer. Do you know what, girls? It's all there for us. But we're living in a world where the enemy, the last thing he wants you is to realise that you've got seed and that the anointing's on you to give it out. And the Lord was saying, go on, you can do it. God, I just pray today that you would come, Holy Spirit, even now, that you would come and that you would speak into all of our hearts right now. Holy Spirit, I know there are so many women in this place who have seen your love, who have received your love. And sometimes that grows dim. I just sense today that there's somebody in here and you've just your love for Jesus has just, it's still there, but you don't feel he loves you. And when you don't feel loved, you don't love in return. I just feel you need a fresh understanding of how much he loves you. That he waits for you every day to come and talk to him because he loves you. And he wants to speak into your heart deep. He wants to put seed, he wants to speak his words, and he wants to plant it round deep in your heart so that you'll be able to grow fresh thoughts and fresh energy and drive to go and sow into his kingdom. I just feel today that God's saying there's some of you and the cares of this world have just kind of crept in and you find yourself thinking with other about other things that don't matter, getting preoccupied with with worries and anxieties, maybe financial stuff, all kinds of stuff going on. And I just feel God wants to reassure you that he is able to do exceedingly abundantly above <laughs> and beyond all that you would ever ask or think. Just trust him and seek him first. And he'll look after all these things. I just feel God wants to put a fresh wave of his love over this place right now. Because you know what? When we receive his forgiveness and see the love that he has for us, it changes everything. It changes everything. I just feel there are people in here today that God wants today to be another happy day. It's not just about receiving Christ and one day that we'll look back on the rest of our lives. It's every single day. Fresh love. Fresh seed, fresh purpose, fresh fellowship 
with the God of heaven. He's the one who's reaching down. And I just see him, I see almost in my head a picture of his hand today, and he's reaching down to see who would take his hand. Who would, who would respond to his love? Who, who'd reach out and say, you know what, Lord, I'm going to go with you. I'm going to go with you and I'm going to trust you for more. Lord, I pray by your Holy Spirit today that you will do a new thing in our lives today. Help us to see the power that there is in your word and by your spirit that, Lord, we can change the world. We can change our families. We can change situations because we're linked to heaven. And, Lord, the power of the resurrection is in us. The seed of the word of God. Lord, may you do something right now in every heart in Jesus' name. Just really feel today that God wants each of us just to take a fresh look at the ground in our heart. See what's growing. See what's preoccupying yourself. What is it that takes up most of your thinking and most of your time and most of your energy? Have a fresh look and begin to throw out some stuff and make room and space for the Holy Spirit to do a fresh new thing in you that you will be empowered to reach out and see him doing fresh new things through you. In Jesus' name. We're going to start and going to sing this wee simple wee song. Um, we all know it. And we're going to just sing it. Give it all you've got there. And we'll sing it and praise God together. Just, just in this moment, uh, before Corrine comes up just to share something. Just in this moment, I would love that if there's anyone here who really feels that they want the Holy Spirit to come and do a fresh and a new thing on their life, would you raise your hand? Because I want to pray over you. Because I believe that this Holy Spirit is with us today, and I believe that he really wants to do a new thing. So for every single person whose hand is up, I just want to declare God's goodness and love over you. And I just declare the Holy Spirit is here today. And we just invite you, Holy Spirit, to come and to give a fresh anointing on every woman whose hand is raised, and I'm raising both my hands. Holy Spirit, would you come in a fresh way and anoint us in a fresh way. Give us, give us a fresh anointing to declare the goodness and the beauty and the love of Jesus. And Corrine's going to come up now, Corrine, and share a verse. Come on ahead, Corrine. This verse, I'm going to share with you. I will give you a new heart, and I'll put a new spirit in you. I will take out a stony, stubborn heart and give you a tender, responsible. Amen. We're in agreement with that. And God can do the most supernatural things you'd ever imagine. Please do not leave this place feeling that you're going out with natural resources. You're not. You're going out with the Holy Spirit, who is supernatural, who has all power and might, and, and the one that Jesus said was going to be our helper and our counsellor and our friend, our comforter. Everything we need, the paraclete, the one who comes alongside us. Please do not go out of here thinking that you're going out with natural means. You're a woman, if you've trusted in Jesus, if you know him as your saviour and lord, you're going out of here a supernatural woman with the power of heaven right within you. And you can go out and you can be directed this week and you can see things happening in your life that you would never imagine would happen because you're allowing the Holy Spirit to sow into you your ears to hear and therefore you're able to hear what God is saying and you're able to do what God is telling you to do, just what Jesus said. That's what God wants from us. 
He wants us to be responsive to him. Not once 40 years ago, but today. Today, if you will hear his voice, let's hear him every day. Let this be the beginning of a new thing that God wants to do in your life. In Jesus' name. And we're up here. If anyone wants prayer, we are here. A few of us will pray if you want some prayer. Amen. We'll see you next week, God willing.